any inadvertent mistake that would complicate things for President Ford, or later for me. Perhaps that's why nearly every major party candidate has attended at least one such briefing. And such briefings came and went with little fanfare. Until 2016. Soon after the conventions, politicians and pundits began to express doubts about presenting intelligence information to both candidates. Trump, because of his tendency to blurt out thoughts as they come to him, and his opponent Hillary Clinton, because of the FBI director's public statement that she had been careless in her handling of classified information. And sure enough, the subject of intelligence popped up during a presidential debate just weeks after the candidate's first individual intelligence briefings. Trump said on the one hand that he didn't learn anything during the meetings to alter his views on how to fight the Islamic State, ISIS. But on the other, he did call his briefers experts and implied that they had impressed him. When they call it intelligence, it's there for a reason. Another surprise came when Trump claimed that he received signals from his briefers about U.S. President Barack Obama. In almost every instance, and I could tell, I have pretty good with the body language, I could tell, they were not happy. Our leaders did not follow what they were recommending. Without follow-up on how the briefers conveyed such a thing, debate watchers remained confused about what Trump ultimately took away from his intelligence briefings. At the third and final debate, the discussion turned to Russian hacking. Just days earlier, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence and Department of Homeland Security had issued a joint statement declaring that The U.S. intelligence community is confident that the Russian government directed the recent compromises of emails from U.S. persons and institutions, including from U.S. political organizations. Yet Trump claimed that his opponent doesn't know if it's the Russians doing the hacking, and followed with, maybe there is no hacking, but they always blame Russia. It remains unclear whether Trump was trying to cast doubt on the hacking itself or the assessment of Russian direction thereof. If the latter, he declined to offer evidence or logic to support his contention, or he may simply retain doubts about any judgments that come from the intelligence community. Either way, the back and forth left voters wondering about the value of classified briefings for candidates, and curious about how Trump, if elected, would build on such a rocky start with intelligence. Transitioning The experiences of past presidents, elects, and intelligence officers show that the time between the election and the inauguration can set the stage for productive relations. To get the ball rolling, the outgoing administration has for decades offered the PDB to the president-elect right after election day to prepare him during the short transition for the myriad national security threats and opportunities he will face. In 1968, The first regular transition of the presidency after the creation of the PDB in 1964, outgoing President Lyndon Johnson authorized CIA officers to give incoming President Richard Nixon the same PDB he was seeing every morning. Each of Johnson's successors has followed suit and made what insiders simply call the book available to the president-elect as soon as practically possible after the election. That doesn't mean it has always gone smoothly. During the inaugural offering to Nixon, CIA officers failed to get face-to-face access to the president-elect. So they did the next best thing. 
dutifully delivering a sealed copy of the PDB every working morning to Nixon's secretary in his transition office. Their feedback came at the end of the transition, in the form of a delivery from Nixon's office, a towering stack of the previous two months' PDB envelopes, all unopened. Intelligence officers assigned to transition duty for Nixon's successors eventually gained entree to each president-elect. In 1980, former CIA director and vice president-elect George H.W. Bush helped persuade president-elect Ronald Reagan to take regular CIA briefings during the transition. But Reagan proved resistant to intelligence assessments that challenged his existing worldviews. During one meeting, a briefer gave Reagan both that day's president's daily brief and a special report on various anti-Israeli-Palestinian groups and leaders. Reagan read the extensive report.